Thanks for checking out this week's Staff Meeting Devo. This week, Pastor Lisa Durant brought us our weekly devotion with a lesson about how to deal with hurt. Let's check it out. All right, well, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, We just had a wonderful time of worship. If you're uh, listening to this, um, I just encourage you to take some time today and just get in God's presence. We as a staff just did that, and it was um, really wonderful. Um, So I actually had a different devotion prepared for today. I had written probably about three quarters of it. Um, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody in this room that I started writing that about two weeks ago when I found out that I was doing this. So, um, and, and I, it was, it was fine and actually probably I'll pull it out at some point, but then something happened. Um, as a children's pastor here, I have the privilege of, um, being in staff devotions with our Word of Life Christian Academy teachers every Monday. And we're going through this book, um, on Mondays called A Psalm in Your Heart um, by George Wood, who is our former um, general superintendent. And um, I pulled this book out at the beginning of the year and thought this would be great to go through. And so as I was preparing um, the devotional last week for Monday, this one hit me right in the heart. And I started to pray about it. And I was like, this is, this is also what I want to share for this moment. So um, this particular psalm is about dealing with hurt, um, dealing with people who hurt you, people who betray you, um, people who do things that uh, may malign your character even. And as leaders, that is going to happen. It's not a matter of um, if it will happen, it's a matter of when, because as Annie likes to say, we're just a bunch of broken people bumping, walking around bumping into each other. And so sometimes people in their brokenness hurt each other. Um, and so how do we handle that when it happens? And um, so this particular um, devotional is from Psalm 3, which um, is written in tandem with the story of David's betrayal by his son Absalom, which is a gut-wrenching account. If you have a chance to read it, it's tragic, it's um, sad, it's preventable, um, but it happened anyway. And so in this psalm, we see David... um, writing about his experience. And so I'm just going to read the psalm, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and then we're going to dive into um, some steps that this devotion takes out of what do we do with hurt? How do we handle that as leaders? Um, What do we do? So here is Psalm 3. Oh Lord, I have so many enemies, so many are against me. So many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. So um, 
again, this, this comes during this unsettling, upsetting account. And um, I can only imagine what David was thinking. Uh, not only was he betrayed by some of his top leaders, but his son was part of that. Um, and he must have been thinking, what did I miss? Were there signs? Um, what went wrong? Did I offend somebody? Did I make a misstep? Um, did I trust my son with more leadership than I should have given him? Um, maybe I'm not the right person for this job. Maybe it is my son. There, there had to have been all sorts of things that preceded these events. Um, but David took steps to bring his heart, his hurt to God and then to move forward. And of course, this Psalm is only eight verses long. It didn't just take eight verses for David to process his pain and move forward. But I want to look quickly at each step that's identified in this devotional, um, and how we can learn from David's example. So the first step is take your pain directly to God. Take your pain directly to God. David said, oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. David didn't talk to Absalom. He didn't talk uh, to his friends or other leaders. Now he might've sought some counsel, but he went right to God. The sooner we as believers and especially as leaders go right to God with anything that is troubling us, the, the better off we are. Um, the quicker we will get back to where we need to be in our relationship with, with him and with others. There can be wise counsel with trusted friends, leaders, sometimes a counselor, sometimes a pastor who's over us, um, but only God truly knows our hearts, and he truly knows the hearts of the ones who have hurt us, um, and God will never hurt you. He will never leave you. He will never betray you. Um, so the first step is take your pain directly to God. The second step is write down your feelings, um, which David did often. Um, journaling is a technique that we use for a lot of things. We can use it when we're diving into projects to parse out a mind map or something. Uh, we can Sometimes people process their dreams the next morning in a journal. Sometimes people process the day's events. Uh, they plan the day's events. But there's something about slowing down and writing out our thoughts and our feelings to God. It's a practice that um, I need to pick up a little more often because there is something about taking a pen to a piece of paper and allowing those feelings to just pour out without any um, judgment of ourselves, without any solutions, but letting God know how we feel. And thanks to David's love of journaling, we have many of these Psalms that we read so often, Psalms that encourage us, uh, Psalms that challenge us, Psalms that take us deeper in our relationship with the Lord, Psalms that help us to worship, um, that's because of uh, David. Now, of course, this kind of writing isn't theology, um, but we need to take our pain to God. Um, and how you do that is up to you. Some people maybe won't write. Maybe it's walking and talking. Maybe it's worshiping and singing. Uh, maybe it's a moment just sitting in silence and letting those thoughts pour out between you and a holy God. Um, but letting God know how our feelings um, are affecting us, allow us to re release that pain to him. Um, the third thing that David did is he looked at the problem realistically, which in the middle of hurt can be really difficult. Um, this is really tough for me because I like to go to the worst case scenario, the worst possible case scenario, and figure out how to work my way back from there. Like, can I fix this if it goes to the worst possible thing? Um, or I may even, to shield my mind and to shield my emotions, I may minimize the problem and um, try to shrink it down to make it more manageable. But David didn't do either one of those. Um, he laid out the seriousness of this situation before God. He said, so many are saying... 
God will never rescue him. So he doesn't make the problem better or worse. He just estimates it accurately. And that's a good practice for us to get into because our emotions can run away with us and take us places that we don't need to be. Take our thoughts and even our actions and our words to places that we don't need to be. Uh, The fourth thing is declare God's truth. Um, So right after this reality check, he speaks truth. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. David reminds himself of the truth he serves. George Wood says, there is always a layer of protection around God's people, especially in the time when it appears there is none. David knew that God was his refuge. God was his source. God was the one who lifted him up and he declared God's truth into his situation. The fifth thing is choose life. Now, for all of us, that looks a little different because uh, for me, I can get very dark in my thoughts and my feelings. I can go to very dark places. Um, and he was in very deep despair. He was he was afraid for his life. Um, and his son had had wounded him really deeply. So it would have been easy for him to stay in that despondent, dark, depressed state. And again, he chose to speak to the one who rescues and preserves. He said, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. He chose to lift his eyes up to God, the one who is life, and to speak to him. So choose life. Number six is rest. David said, I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me. You know, difficult situations drain our energy. Uh, For some of us, they may cause us not to sleep or they may cause us to sleep restlessly. Um, They may rob us of the ability to have peace while we're sleeping. Um, They may rob us of peaceful times during the day. So they drain us. We say that we know that God creates rest, but when we're in that fight or flight response that happens from a difficult situation, especially if it's hurtful or if someone has betrayed us, we might run harder. You know, we might try to fix things more. We might put more energy into it. Um, And we might even try to medicate and ignore our pain by getting busier. Um, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'll find other things to do. So we need to rest. God prescribes rest for us, and he is with us as we rest in him. Um, ask him for peace in your heart and mind so that you can rest well. If God rested, we must rest. He created us to rest, so rest is important. Number seven, express your anger. So uh, that's the next thing that David did. He's angry. He writes, arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. I love that line. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. So anger in and of itself is not a sin. It's an emotion. God um, demonstrates anger to us. It's what we do with our anger that can lead us to sin. It's it's the the, the things that we take steps in. Um, George Wood says, though, though easily misunderstood, expressing anger is a very necessary step in working through the pain of deep emotional injury from another. Anger without vengeance is God's mechanism for protecting us when we have been hurt by another person. Anger puts needed distance between us and that person. That felt very profound to me when I read that, that you know sometimes there needs to be some distance. First of all, because I don't trust my own heart, my own words, uh, my own actions when I'm in a bad place. So I need a little distance from the person who has hurt me. Um, and also I may need some distance to heal. 
Um, and so I really love the health of that statement. Anger puts distance between us and that person. So David allowed his anger uh, to be expressed. Rather than lashing out at someone, we can express our anger to God and use it to give us some needed emotional distance so that we can take steps to heal. And then the last thing is be exemplary. You know, David knows he's being watched. He's the king of Israel. He knows he's being watched. He had no idea, I'm sure, that we would still be watching him, right, by reading his, his writings and reading these accounts. But he knows that he's an example, and he also knows that there are people empathizing with him. He, he had people who were praying for him and praying with him. And he writes, victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. He once again declares that God is in charge, in charge, and he chooses to be an example to those who are looking for him. You know, as leaders, um, there is a temptation sometimes to put on a fake mask when things are tough, and that's not the answer. We can be an example without being fake. Uh, we can be real and authentic and hold back some things, not put on a mask and be an example because people need to know that it is possible to walk forward in health and healing from difficult situations. Um, and we can have others following on that path. Um, so I'm just going to quickly read those steps again. Um, it, they are take your pain directly to God, write down your feelings, look at the problem realistically, declare God's truth, choose life, rest, express your anger, and be exemplary. You know, of course, my prayer is that none of us, none of our leaders will experience hurt and betrayal from other people, but the reality is that we will. And so when these moment come, moments come, um, I hope that God's word will be our guide. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is always truth and life to those who hear it. I pray that today that your word would go forward in a way that is challenging, encouraging, and healing. In Jesus' name, amen.